Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. The world is not as it's supposed to be. God created us for paradise. He created us, man and woman, and He placed Adam and Eve, our first parents, into a paradise garden to work the ground and to keep it and to be fruitful and multiply. Everything was good. He, he, He did have to work. Adam, work was a part of creation design from the very beginning. Work is not a part of the curse, but yet the frustration of our work is. But food was was going to be provided so, so that all the trees of the garden except one provided food for Adam and Eve to eat. God gave Adam a command Not only the command not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but also a command, a mandate to take dominion over the earth. To to have dominion over all of the creatures of the sea and of the land and every uh, plant. Adam was given charge as king over God's world and and made an authority. Yet it's not the way it's supposed to be. We know the story. Adam and Eve partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we have all transgressed like Adam. Just as the passage in in, uh, Hosea said. And with Adam and Eve, they introduced death into the world. They introduced sickness. They introduced sin. They introduced all of the things that frustrate us, that make us sad, that make us hurt, that make us cry. We don't have to look very far to see that the world is not the way it's supposed to be. I can just think about the people I have visited and ministered to this week. I shared already about Art Worstel, who's lying in the hospital in St. Louis, not expected to make it through this weekend, and for sure not this week, pending a miracle. We were designed to live forever. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Visiting those in prison... Adam and Eve introduced sin into the world. And now we live in a world where people are held in slavery and in captive to bondage, to substances and behaviors that everyone would agree it's not the way it's supposed to be. And we deal with pains Difficulty, breathing, cancer, the flu, all kinds of things. And they all show us 
It's not the way it's supposed to be. And as Paul said in verse 18, one we looked at last year. I'll actually start back in verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If, Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, verse 20, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Let's read our text this morning. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in its own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. Let's pray. Father, we, again, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear your voice as it speaks to us. The Lord be with me, sinful and weak. Lord, I'm not the way I'm supposed to be either. And Lord, I pray that you would give me strength to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We look around at our world and it seems pretty hopeless. We can get discouraged. We can get depressed. But we must remember as believers... In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And that makes all the difference in the world. Because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know He holds the future, life is worth the living. Just because He lives. The world is enslaved by a philosophy called nihilism. And I, I know it's, it's a word that 
I probably need to explain. Nihilism is the philosophy that basically there is nothing that matters. Nothing matters. There is no truth. There is no real meaning in life. Nothing really matters. We are just a bunch of organisms that evolved by accident. And because there is no God in the idea of nihilism, and there is no meaning. There is no purpose. Everything that happens is just absurdity. If you really embrace nihilism, and if your life is unhappy, there really isn't anything better than suicide. But Christ has risen from the dead. You want to know an answer? How can we know that God is real? How can we know that what the Bible tells us is true? We look at the resurrected Christ. He bodily rose from the dead. He was seen by many witnesses. These witnesses, the disciples, and possibly more than 500 others saw Him walking around the streets of Jerusalem. And the disciples each went to their graves facing persecution. They could have recanted what they believed, but they didn't. They held true to it because they knew it was true. They had seen Jesus risen from the dead with his own with their own eyes. We are not looking when we look at scripture at just the imagination of his disciples. We are talking about eyewitness accounts of a man who was raised from the dead. This proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that, Jesus, that God is real. That Jesus is who he said that he was. The only reason why people don't believe that this is true, if they've heard it, is because their hearts are darkened and they do not want to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. The death of Jesus and His resurrection is one of the most historically verifiable events in all of human history. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits, of course, it's that time of the harvest whenever a, a, a farmer would bring forth the first of his crop and offer it to the Lord in sacrifice. But here, as Jesus is the first fruits, he is like a guarantee that points forward to more. The first fruits. He has risen from the dead, and he is the evidence that we, as we trust in Jesus, if we look to him, will also follow him in that resurrection. He will raise us up from the dead as well as he was. Verse 21 For as by a man came death, by a man. 
came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. It all goes back to Adam, doesn't it? Adam sinned. He was our representative. He was our head, our federal head, in which all humanity was in Adam, both physically, because we all descended from him, but he was our representative the representative for all of humanity and the choice that he made when he sinned, when he partook of that fruit, had effects for all of humanity. It's brought in death, it's brought in sin, it's brought in pain, it's brought in sadness and depression and a number of other things. It only took one man to bring all of that into the world. And it only took one man It only took one man to be made alive. That all who are in Him, all who are in Christ, all who have placed their faith and trust in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins shall be made alive. We are all born in Adam. And when we place our faith and our trust in Jesus... We cast ourselves on His mercy. We are then in Christ. And He will make us all alive. But each in its own order. Christ the firstfruits. Then at His coming, those who belong to Christ. If you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you will be raised, just as it says here. First Christ then those at His coming who belong to Christ. If you belong to Jesus, He will raise you up. While things may come into your life, while cancer, while COPD, while all kinds of things that that drag you down, that give you pain, that may end up killing you, you will be raised to life on the last day. Verse 24, then comes the end, when He delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under His feet. But when it says, all things are put in subjection, it is plain that He is accepted who put all things in subjection under Him. Now this is getting a little bit tangled up in knots, isn't it? It's kind of hard to follow what He's saying here. I'm just going to sum it up here. Basically, Jesus is King. Jesus is king over all of the universe as God has raised him up from the dead and he ascended into heaven. He sits at the Father's right hand and he reigns over the earth as king. And he will reign until all the enemies have been put under his feet. 
The image here in the ancient Near East, when a king would defeat his enemies in battle, you might bring the king of another nation before him and out of a symbol of of submission, that losing king would bow down before the winning king and the winning king would place his foot on the top of the head of that losing king. Sickness, disease, pain, sin, death, they're all going to be like that losing king in which Jesus puts his foot on their head and they are all going to bow down to King Jesus. We know that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We can bow now or we can bow later. We're all going to bow. You better bow now because later it will be too late. But uh, what is wrong with the world? First and foremost, our sin. Jesus definitively took care of on the cross. And while we still see the effects of it, while we still battle within our own hearts against sin, against its, it no longer has any dominion over us. If we are in Christ... It no longer has any dominion over us. We are no longer slaves. But so often, we forget that we've been bought. We forget and we start acting like that old man that we used to be. The power to fight against temptation, the power... To resist, it comes from remembering that sin no longer has any dominion over us. It comes from being able to remember that Jesus has settled it. That He has died for our sins. And they no longer have any power over us. Our problem is we just keep forgetting Sickness, disease. While we face the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin in those kinds of things and in the frustration of our work and in the frustration of relationships, men and women who God designed for marriage together to last for a lifetime often ends in divorce. Often ends... Because the couple could not get along. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And Jesus will bring into submission all of his enemies. Relational conflict, sickness, disease, and the last one to be brought into submission is death. When He comes again, He will raise us up never to die again. There were others before Jesus who rose from the dead. 
Jesus, in fact, raised people other than him from the dead, like Lazarus, like that little girl, whenever he said, Talitha, kum, little girl, arise. Yet they died again. But Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he was never to die again. And whenever he raises those who are in him from the dead, we will also be never to die again. We will be safe in his arms. Nothing will any longer trouble us. Not sin, not sadness, not grief, not pain, not disease, not death. Jesus will put all of his enemies under his feet, The last enemy destroyed is death. And then he will take his kingdom. All of those who the Father has given to the Son. All those who belong to Jesus. All of us who have trusted in him throughout the ages. And he will hand us over to the Father. So that God may be all in all. The purpose of Jesus' death on the cross. The purpose of our lives as we live to follow Jesus. Trusting in Him for forgiveness. It is all. So that God might receive all the glory. That He might be all in all. To God be the glory. Great things He hath done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son who yielded His life an atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.